Amen. Let's say it together. He's the lie of the world. Will you look ready for Christmas? How many of you are opening gifts tonight? How many of you wish you were? Now, let me tell you, God knows what we need, right? I mean, he's called Jehovah Jireh, God who sees and provides. That's one of his names. And Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you even ask him for it. Well, yesterday, I'm having some folks over tonight, some family, and um, yesterday it occurred to me, I don't have anything to give them. What am I going to do? Because I'm a guy. You guys say amen. I hadn't thought about it. didn't occur to me. And so I just said, Lord, what am I going to do? And this morning, in the early service, a woman walked up and handed me these. Now, these are chocolate chip with pecans. I know. These are, and there's some green ones with chocolate chips and mint. Y'all, I'll be right back and just, just, no. Anyway, everybody say God does provide. So I'm going to, I'm going to pretend tonight like I did this. They're going to come in. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm so glad to have you. Here's some cookies that I, should I lie? No, I shouldn't lie. I'll say, here's some cookies I prayed in. How's that? All right. We've been talking the last few weeks about Jesus being the light of the world. And so I dealt in the first week with the bright light star that led them, the wise men, the magi, uh, right over the house where Jesus was. And so a light was involved in the appearance of Jesus. Then I talked about the angel that appeared to the shepherds. There was one angel, and then there was a bunch. And that one angel, it says, was, was so illuminated, was so bright, he caused a halo effect all the way around those shepherds. Can you imagine that? Now, today, I'm going to talk to you about Christ himself and the light that Jesus brings and brought to our world. So I want to read a prophecy that Isaiah centuries before Jesus ever came, wrote about the coming of the Messiah. It's Isaiah 9, verse 2. And it's up there if you want to read it or in your Bibles if you want to turn to it. Isaiah 9, verse 2. Here's what Isaiah wrote. The, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now the deep darkness is talking about the darkness of sin. It's not saying they were in some dark valley. It's saying they were in deep darkness of sin. And a light shined and dawned, the light being Christ. Now, this prophecy from Isaiah is quoted by Matthew in the New Testament as being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Matthew records, leaving Nazareth, he, Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. That's the lands of the Gentiles, you and me. To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, verse 15, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, verse 16, the people living in darkness, the darkness of sin, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Father, thank you for your word today. 
And I pray that you'll speak to us. And Lord, I pray the light of God, the light of Christ shines on every heart in a way that has, it has never shined before. I pray that anybody who may be far from you will be drawn near by your grace. And Father, thank you that when Jesus came, a light dawned, a great light arrived to lighten our path in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody turn to somebody and say, it's bright in here. The light is shining in here. <clears throat> Now, the Bible refers to the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who we just worshiped here today, as a great light, a great light, he's a great light, that came into the world. Now, this theme of him being a light is all through the New Testament and the Old Testament, that one of the metaphors, one of the illustrations, one of the ways that Jesus Christ, the coming Messiah, was identified and once he arrived, he was also identified as a light. He's a light. The apostle John speaks of Jesus as being a light. John 1, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. John 1 verse 4, the word gave life to everything that was created. The word being Jesus gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines, that is Jesus, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. But the one who is the true light, Jesus, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not you, not me, not hugging a tree, but the true light, the true light, Jesus gives light to everyone coming into the world. Wow. He's a light. Look at all the ways it's described here. Life, light, light shines, the light, the light, the true light, light gives light. One definition for light is very simple. It's something that makes vision possible. You can't see me without light. I can't see you without light. We've got to have light to see. It makes, light makes it possible, very simply, for our natural eyes to see. Without light, we are completely blind. If all the light went out in this room, and there was no light from the outside, and we shut off all sources of light, we would be completely and totally helpless because we could not see a thing. We would be in total darkness. When light is withdrawn, darkness rushes in. When light comes in, darkness rushes out. We're blind to our situation and circumstances without light. We're blind to ourselves without light. We can't see ourselves in a mirror unless there's a light in the room so that when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves looking back because light illuminates the room so that we can see in a mirror. We can't even see ourselves. We wouldn't even know what we looked like without light. We've got to have light. You know, it's well known that uh, an absence of sunlight literally causes blindness. Animals who live out their lives in a complete absence of light are commonly blind, and if they're left that way long enough, they become eyeless. Natural selection takes care of that. I didn't say evolution, I said natural selection. God gave species the ability to adapt to their surroundings. And so you notice that you can find 
some cave creatures that over time have literally not only lost their sight, but lost eyes. Mules kept in underground mines become blind. Horses kept in dark stables and denied sunlight will eventually become blind. The absence of light brings blindness. People who live in dungeons, cellars, prisons, mines, and similar places that are denied sunlight will eventually lose their ability to see. The absence of light causes blindness. And likewise, there's a spiritual parallel here that the Bible wants us to understand. When people lose the light of Jesus Christ, when we lose the light of God, we immediately go blind spiritually. Spiritually. Because the kind of light the Bible is talking about when it says suddenly the land of the Gentiles saw a great light doesn't mean the sun rose over some deep valley amongst the Gentiles where the Gentiles lived. It means that a spiritual light appeared. A spiritual light dawned. The light that Jesus brings into the world is the light that reveals our true spiritual condition. See, when Jesus came, a light came with him. He is the light. He is spiritual light. He doesn't just have it. He doesn't just talk about it. He is literally spiritual light totally within himself. He is consummate spiritual light. Where there is Jesus, there is light. And where there is light, there is sight. Because light brings sight, not only physically, but spiritually. Spiritual light brings spiritual sight. And so the light that Jesus brings into the world is a spiritual kind of light. And it reveals to us our true spiritual condition, without which we would never have known that we needed God, that we were lost in sin, that we were in darkness. Remember the way he described the people. He said they were in great darkness, gross darkness, and a light dawned. They were in the darkness of sin and did not know it until a light dawned. Man was absolutely unable to see spiritual reality before Jesus came. The world became blind when it rejected God. And it's still true today. Anytime you or I or a nation or anybody rejects God and rejects Christ and rejects the word of God is plunged into darkness. There is no way around it because when you pull light away, darkness rushes in. Not only is Jesus the light of the world, but John tells us that, told us that even God himself is light. He said, God is light. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So it only makes sense that his son would also be light because he is the son of the father and the father is light. And in him there is no spiritual darkness at all. He is brilliant. He is brilliant, unstoppable, penetrating, all-encompassing light. So if we push God out of our life, we're left in total spiritual darkness. Push the light out, the darkness rushes in. And we become totally spiritually blind. We may be able to get to work, come home, raise a family, go on vacation, do things around in this world, and see that way. But spiritually, we can't see anything. If we push God out, we are groping in the spiritual dark, and we're going to trip, and we're going to fall, and we're going to stumble because we can't see where we're going. Paul paints a graphic picture of this kind of blind lostness. He says, for even though they knew God, Romans 1, verse 21, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, 
But they became futile in their speculations. And look what happened. Their foolish heart was darkened. Their hearts were plunged into darkness because their hearts rejected God. Push God out, darkness rushes in. Bring God in, darkness rushes out. Mankind was spiritually blind and therefore completely spiritually lost. And the reason that Jesus was born in a manger 21 centuries ago was a rescue mission. He didn't come so we could sit here and celebrate a cute little baby born in a manger and and sing nice songs about him. No, he was on a rescue mission. He came to rescue mankind from spiritual darkness. Mankind was spiritually blind and therefore spiritually lost. That's the message of Christmas. Jesus warned us in John 12, 35, he who walks in the darkness, he's he's talking about spiritual, he who walks in the spiritual darkness does not know where he goes. He spoke of the spiritually blind, leading the blind, and both fall into a ditch. If you are following somebody who's spiritually blind, they can't lead you into light. They're going to fall in a ditch, and you're going to go in right behind them. That's why you can't follow this current culture that has rejected God. You must follow Christ. Christ will lead you into the light. He that follows me will never die, but will have eternal life. Paul the Apostle spoke much about the spiritual darkness of mankind. Listen to what what he described our current condition without God. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. There it is, blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light, there it is again, the light. Blinded, light, dark, light. Lest the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine. There's light again on them. See, when I get up here and I say, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life, that carries a power with it all its own. It is like a shining light, and it causes the light of God to shine on darkened hearts. It is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The word of God brings light. The psalmist said, the entrance of your word brings light, and it brings understanding to the simple. So here's Paul Describing to us this spiritual darkness that Jesus came to eradicate. Blinded, light, shine. If you don't know him, if you're rejecting God, then the God of this world, the devil, notice, has blinded your thoughts, your mind. It's with our minds we think. We have thoughts, we reason, we contemplate, we meditate. But notice how it says the devil has come, and with most of the world that has rejected God, the devil has blinded their thoughts, blinded their mind. So we've got here mentioned two things, a blinded heart and a blinded mind. Your heart can be blinded, your mind can be blinded. Where your heart can't understand and your eyes can't see spiritually. It's quiet in here. So Jesus came to give light. He came to lead us out of the darkness into light. Now I want to point out three things this Christmas Eve Sunday about the light that Jesus brings. I'm going to talk about natural light and then I'm going to talk about spiritual light, the parallel between the two. First, we see that light brings understanding. I want you to listen to what John said. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Now notice, 
Paul said the devil, the devil, the God of this world, blinded the minds of those who have rejected God. But here we've got Jesus coming and bringing light to our minds by giving us understanding. So Jesus not only touches your heart, but he touches your mind. He says, we know the Son of God has come. And when the Son of God came, he gave us an understanding. He illuminated our thinking. He set our thinking straight. He dealt with the way we think, the way we see things, the way we... we uh, surmise and meditate and view life, our worldview, the, w- the way that we, we pick things apart, the way we come to conclusions. He came to deal with our understanding, and he has come and given us an understanding. In other words, he has illuminated our understanding. When Adam and Eve fell, mankind, folks, was plunged into spiritual darkness in the mind and in the heart, groping around, unable to see you go down downtown, you see those masses of people walking around, and you're seeing mainly people who think they know where they're going, think they know what they're doing, but there is a way that seems right to them, but the end is, thereof is the way to death because their minds are blinded and their hearts are blinded. And when you share Jesus with them, that's why some of them run, hide, flee, because they don't want to hear it because the, mention, the, uh, the moment you mention Jesus, a light shines. Have you ever noticed, we've all experienced this, you walk into your kitchen at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, you get a desire to go grab a cracker or something, and you flip on the light, and cockroaches run. Isn't that terrible? Makes you run right back to bed and forget about the cracker. But, you know, a bug or two will run. And that's exactly what happens when you mention the name of Jesus, when people are hiding in the dark and they don't want to come into the light. Jesus said, this is the condemnation that, that, that I came into the world and men chose darkness rather than light. And so people who are in the dark flee that way when the light comes on. I did. Until the Lord chased me down and cornered me. It helped me to understand he didn't want to hurt me. He wanted to help me. He didn't want to take me down. He wanted to bring me up. He didn't want to turn me into a freak. He wanted to turn a freak into a person. But when Adam and Eve fell, we must understand mankind was plunged into spiritual darkness. And when that happened, we lost sight of who we are, where we came from, why we are here, and where we're going. All of that was obscured to our vision And now most of our culture believes that we came from a random, uncaring, apathetic, cold process called evolution, and that could not be more false, more wrong, more misleading, more damning, because the truth is we were fashioned and shaped by a creator with a design and a purpose in mind. But but we lost sight of who we are, where we came from, why we're here and where are we going? And Jesus came as a light to help our world regain its sight. Listen to what Jesus said. I have come as light into the world. He said this. I have come as light into the world that everybody who believes in me may not remain in darkness. How much more clear could it be? In John 9, he said, Jesus said, I came into this world that those who do not see may see. Son of God has come and given us an understanding. He has given us understanding. Through Jesus, we understand that we're created by a God who loves us and wants a relationship with us. We understand that through Jesus. The Son of God has come and given us an understanding. He's illuminated our minds. 
We understand that our sin and rebellion severed our relationship with God. We understand that we can regain that relationship now and forever through Jesus Christ. We understand the incredible place that he has for those who love him. And we also understand the terrible destiny for those who reject him. The Son of God has come and given us an understanding. He's illuminated our thinking. He has shined a light on our thoughts and on our heart. I'm so thankful for that. That's why every morning I love to get up and immediately open up that Bible. Because when I open up that Bible, the entrance of his words give light. And they give understanding to this simple man. Any wisdom that I have came from the word of God. My knowledge and understanding have come from the word of God. You know, it's really true. I once was lost, now I'm found blind, but now I see. I was, I was, I was stupid and now I'm wise. And you know where it came from? It came from him. Because whoever you hook up with, you're going to get what they've got. And if you're hooked up with a fool, you're going to be a fool. But if you're hooked up with Messiah Jesus Christ, you're going to get wise. Now then we see that not only uh, that light brings life. Light brings life. It brings not only understanding, but light brings life. We all learned in elementary school that without sunshine, there is no life on this planet. If we took the sun away today, we, uh, take away the freezing part that we would immediately become icicles. Take that away. If you just took the sunshine away, all of life would quickly die because no more photosynthesis would be happening in the plants. And so uh, that, that is, is the core and the crux of how all of nature is fed. After the plants are gone, the animals are gone. After the animals are gone, we are gone. Through the sun, we have life. The sun is the source of all life. It's the source of all energy for plants and by default animals. You take away that light and we quickly perish. And as vital as sunlight is for physical life, so the light of the Son of God is vital for spiritual life. Do you notice our universe and the way God put it together? All the planets of our universe revolve around the sun, are subservient to the sun, and must have the sun, especially us. And so also, as we are subservient to him, and as our lives revolve around him, we are sustained by his sunshine. You know what I'm saying, S-O-N shine. I'm thankful for the sun, S-U-N shine, but every day I need some S-O-N shine, sunshine. Jesus said, or it says, John said of Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light. You hear that? The life was the light of men. His life brought light, and his light brought life. Again, therefore, Jesus spoke to them in John 8, 12, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. You see, God's life is light. God's life brings light. And if you have God's life, you have God's light. And if you don't have God's life, you don't have light. So if we don't have Jesus' light, then, folks, it just reasons that we don't have life. We're spiritually dead. If we don't have his light, then we're spiritually dead. If we don't have his life, then we must be dead. Because you're either alive or dead. There's no in-between. 
Romans says we're dead until we come to him in trespasses and sins. See, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that, that if you live for sin, it gives you a paycheck. It pays you a paycheck. The wages of sin, the paycheck sin gives you is death. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not a very nice-sounding paycheck to me. Here's your paycheck. Die. But when we live for sin, live in sin, and our life is given to sin, then sin has a paycheck. It pays us, and it's death. The payback of sin is death, Romans 6.23. But the free gift of God, free gift of God, is eternal life in and only in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says emphatically in Ephesians 2.1, and you were dead. This is the way we were. And if you don't know Jesus, it's the way you are. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. But God... Oh, I love those two words, but God. See, we were dead and hopeless, but God. Look what God did, being rich in mercy. He doesn't just have mercy, he's rich. He's wealthy with mercy. So much so that he gives you mercy every morning, new mercies every morning. God is, who is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were, say it with me, everybody, dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Think with me a minute. Let's pretend like right here I've got a little lamp stand, and I've got a lamp on it, and there's a bulb in it, and there's a, sh a lamp shade, and the cord is laying on the ground. Now, here we've got a lamp. It's built to shine. It's made for a function. It is designed by a maker to shine and light up a room. But there isn't anything that's going to happen with that lamp. That lamp is only potential until it's only got potential until the cord and the plug is stuck into a socket. And when power flows from that socket into that lamp, then it lights up. And then it does what it was designed to do. What the, the Lord wants us to understand by Christmas is until through Jesus Christ, who is the cord, until he plugs us into the life of God, we will never light up. We will never function in the function for which we were designed. And so when you say, Jesus, forgive me, Jesus takes your dead soul, dead in trespasses and sins, and plugs you in to the life of God. And immediately, you know what you do? You light up. People didn't think you could smile till you got saved. Then you got lit up. People thought you were always depressed and down, and you were a bummer to be around until you got saved and got lit up. And now people see you, and they go, who is that? What happened to him? What are they smoking? What are they snorting? What are they shooting? What are they drinking? Not anything. I turned to Jesus, and he plugged me in, and now I'm lit up. I'm lit up. Are you lit up? Put a big smile on your face and say, I'm lit. Some of you today need to inform your face that you can smile. Now, most of you are doing pretty good, but I want us to say it again. I want you to smile and say, I'm lit up. This little light of mine. So Jesus light brings understanding to our minds, illuminates our minds, and it brings life to our dead souls. 
And then the third thing about light, and the last thing, is light heals. There's healing in sunlight. Did you know that sunlight therapy has been around a long time? And I didn't know some of the things I'm about to tell you, but I looked it up this week. It's been proven, sunlight therapy, to be very effective in the treatment of tuberculosis, streptococcal infections, pneumonia, mumps, and fungal infections, and much more. Just getting out in the sun. Now, we're always being told, be careful that you're out in the sun. Watch out. You might get skin cancer, and that's true. But there's benefits to the sunlight. The sunlight, if used rightly, can bring healing. And where natural light can help physical wounds and afflictions, the light of Jesus' love and compassion brings healing to the wounds of our heart and our mind. In the very first sermon Jesus ever preached, he walked into the synagogue after coming out of the wilderness and defeating the devil. He walked into the synagogue, walked right up, I guess there was a pulpit or something, and he opened up the word and he went straight to Isaiah. And he, and he quoted this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives. He has sent me to open the eyes of the blind. And he closed it and he said, this day, this is fulfilled in your ears. Speaking about himself. Now let me show you something. When he said he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, he's talking about healing of the inner man. He's talking about the healing of your soul. Let me tell you about your soul. Number one, you've got one. And number two, it's eternal. And number three, just the way your body can be bruised, cut, scraped, broken, so can your soul. There are people walking around right now, and they're bleeding on the inside. We can't see it, not always, not unless we know you. But if we don't know you real well, we can run into you on the street, and how's it going? Oh, it's going fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fine. And we always lie when we say those things. We never tell the truth. I've often wondered what would happen if I said, you know, I'm doing really terrible. I don't know if I can go another day. What would that person do? Because we always lie. Oh, I'm doing great. But listen, so often we're running across somebody that's bleeding on the inside because their soul has been wounded. It, it is bleeding. It's been cut. It's been broken. And, and there's nothing like a broken heart. Nothing can take you down like a broken heart. When your heart is broken, somebody's walked out on you, somebody that you love, somebody you cared about, and they've walked out on you or they've betrayed you, it takes that inside of you and it just rips and breaks your heart. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You can't focus. You can't concentrate because your heart is broken. Jesus said, I've been anointed empowered by God to step into your inner man and heal your bleeding soul. Bind it up. Wrap a tourniquet around it. Breathe life into it. Many of you today have been wounded by the words and deeds of others in this cruel world. You've been wounded. Somebody said something to you more than once. You're stupid. You can't do anything right. Nobody's going to love you. Nobody's ever going to like you. I don't see any purpose for you. I don't see any, any promise in you. Uh, you're, you're, you're dumb. They said these things, and it ripped you up, 
and now you have a hard time thinking good about yourself, you have a hard time feeling confident in yourself because the, the words they spoke are echoing around in the chambers of your soul. And what God wants us to know is that Jesus died and rose from the dead to step into your pain and heal you. Many of you have been rejected and dejected by others. Some of you have been broken by adversity. One thing after another after another has gone wrong until finally you're just broken and you're at a loss. Where do I do? Where do I go? Still others of you carry great burdens as a result of your own bad decisions. So you're going, can he love me? Can he care for me? Can he forgive me? Because I keep on messing up. Yes, he can. The good news is there is a healer in the house today. The, the Christmas message is God sent Jesus on a rescue mission to come and lead us from darkness into light, from lostness into foundness, from brokenness into wholeness. Jesus was sent into this world to fix and repair what the fall did to us, to restore us to health, to put a skip in our step, a, a step, a smile on our face, a gleam in our eye, to give us joy again in life. We're not dragging around just trying to get through another day, but we've got a skip. We are excited about what is God is doing and where he's taking us, and there is a reason to get up in the morning, and his name is Jesus. One of King David's regular prayers, and I'll close with this, was many, Lord, are asking, who will help us to see better days? Have you ever prayed that way? Who will help us to see better days? Am I ever going to see better days, Lord? Is this ever going to change? And then David said, oh, Lord, let the light of your face shine on us. David said, I'm having tough days, and, and they just don't seem to end. But if he'll just smile my way, if he'll just shine my way. He said in Psalms 118, the Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Oh, thank you, God, for the shining light of the favor of God and the grace of God. He shines on us in his nearness to us. David said, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Say, how near to me is God, Jeff? He's nudging up against you right now, right where you are. Turn to your left, he's there. Turn to your right, he's there. Look above you, he's there. Look below you, he's there. Look behind you, he's there. David said, he has beset me behind and before. How can I escape from his spirit? He's everywhere. And he loves me. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He shines on us by his ministry within us. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds. I want you to stand with me today. And I want us to thank on this Christmas Eve Sunday our Heavenly Father for sending his only begotten Son into the world as a bright light. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord, our Lord Jesus, our Savior, the light of the world. I want you to say with me, Lord, thank you that your light brought understanding, brought life and healing to my broken soul. Now, which of those three do you need most today? Understanding? Lord, I don't know which way to go. I don't know where to turn. I need your light to shine on my path and give me understanding so that I'll hear that voice saying, this is the way, 
walk ye in it. Is that what you need? He's here. What about life? When I was 16 years old in juvenile home for a felony, for a felony, and the judge had told me I was going to prison, I heard the gospel for the first time. And I was all bound up, locked up, chained up on the inside. But I said, Jesus, forgive me. And life came into my dead soul. Is that what you need today? What about healing in your inner man? Have you been wounded? Are you a wounded walker? He's here today. So I want to pray first with anyone who might say, you know, Jeff, I'm not sure I'm saved. I understand that feeling. I don't judge you in any way. I'm thrilled you're here. But I want to pray a prayer with you. Because until you repent and come to Christ, you're dead on the inside. And he wants to give you life. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Say with me, Lord Jesus. You can do it. Let's go to him right now. Let's get Jesus in our heart for Christmas. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. Rose from the dead that I could be saved. I repent of my sin and I turn to you as Savior of the world. Come into my heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if you need inner healing in your soul today, lift your hand right to him. Say, Lord, I need healing. I'm hurt. I'm I'm a wounded walker. Father, you see these hands. I pray for the healing of God. With your hands raised, listen carefully to me. I want to tell you, be patient with yourself. And be patient with God. Inner healing is almost always a process. And it happens incrementally. So give God time. Give yourself time. Don't be down on yourself that you're not from A to Z overnight. Give God time. One day you'll wake up. If you seek him, if you spend time with him, and you do your best to live the life you know that he's called you to, you'll wake up one day, and that old familiar joy will be back in your heart. And God will stand you on your feet. And you'll know that something has happened. The binder up of the broken in heart has done what he said he would do. Wait on the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you for your inner healing, Lord. Thank you for your inner healing.